Hi friends, welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host and fellow mobile bar owner, Sarah Murphy. Each episode, I'll be bringing you interviews, knowledge, anecdotes, or opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and scalable mobile bar business that will support the lifestyle you dream of. I'm excited for today's episode, so let's get started. Today on the second installment of the If I Knew Then podcast series, I'm interviewing Gregory Johnson with the Thirsty Philly. Hi, Greg. Hello. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Good. I'm excited to have you on here. Um, You volunteered to be a part of the podcast when I asked the Facebook group if there was anyone out there who'd been in it for a little while and had story to share that new or budding mobile bar owners would benefit from knowing that you wish you had known when you first started. And you you jumped in and said that you would love to talk about the sales process and the sales pitch, which I think is so awesome because a lot of people are scared of this part, but it really is crucial. Definitely. So what I do, you know, may not work for for everyone. You know, you have a great product and it really does kind of sell itself. But how do you, you know, sell a product, for instance, you know, to a bride and groom saying you're selling your service for $1,500 and it doesn't include the alcohol? Hold on. What? It doesn't include the alcohol. You know, how does how does that work? Why do I want you? Um, you know, so on and so forth. So kind of just a little background. So I'm personally big on going to bridal shows. We're really fortunate to have one of the biggest bridal shows in Northeast Ohio, really in our backyard. So that was kind of the big thing uh, for me, like, hey, you know, we can get a ton of potential leads out of this. 2,800 people go to this bridal show. Let's do it, right? So uh, we, you know, made that big investment to go there. And then, you know, two weeks later, we had 2,800 contacts in our, you know, in our email um, and of course, you have uh, leads, true organic leads that you got from the bridal show itself from people who actually stopped by your booth. But how do you sell yourself and how do you stand out when there is 400 vendors who have everyone's contact, right? So I guess I'll kind of go into just a standard approach and I'll kind of start off with like, you know, obviously you send out your lead list and every, or you send out your, your promo emails, you know, after a bridal show, or even, you know, if you got an inquiry from like a friend who said, Hey, Susie, Kim's getting married. Here's her email, shoot her an email. So, you know, when you send out your introductory email or your emails and you do get an inquiry, Something that works for me, um, and I've been really big on this. I don't know if it's just from like spending the majority of my previous life in in retail, but when I get an inquiry, I actually have I I have my website run through uh, Weebly. So anytime I get a notification that an inquiry comes in, literally, no matter what I'm doing, I stop what I'm doing. Like I said, this may not apply to everyone, and this may not also apply to people who are running a mobile bar with much more volume than maybe I am or someone else. But anytime I get an inquiry, typically within like a minute or two minutes, I'm just shooting them a text message or I'm shooting them an email like, hey, thank you so much for you know expressing interest in our mobile bar service. Um, is there a time that would be great for you to schedule a quick time to chat? I wanna make sure that you have a good understanding on my, of my business. 
and how we can make your event truly special and stand out. So that's literally within a minute, like, and it takes no time at all, really. As I kind of talked about templates before, um, I've kind of got like a notepad on my phone where I just copy, paste, and it truly makes a good experience, you know, for the people who are interested in your service. Um, they're like, whoa, this guy was literally like waiting for this email to come through. So um, I'll shoot him a text. Um, that's the first thing. We'll schedule a phone call and then we'll we'll kind of get, you know, into the details. But I think for any person in this business or in the wedding industry, and I'm, I'm tailoring this more towards the bride and groom and wedding aspect, but like, I think the biggest thing that vendor or that bride and grooms want is honesty. They want to know that you are not just a salesman, you are a human and you can relate and you can have fun. So really just whenever you get on the phone with these people, like, hey, how are you doing? How have you been staying busy during this, uh, you know, pandemic or just kind of try to create a good atmosphere, you know, when you're on the phone call, you know, ask them what they're, you know, what are you looking for? What do you, what are your expect expectations out of, you know, someone in this business? Like, how can I, you know, if we were to go to your wedding and bring our bar, what, what do you like, what are the first two things you would expect from us? What do you want? You know? So, you know, replying right away to their inquiry, getting them on the phone, being human, having fun, relating to the customer, I think is is huge. These all probably sound silly, but whenever I send a, a message to these people, a text message right away, they're literally like, wow, that was fast. Oh my God, thanks. So what I get out of that is basically that I'm committed to the customer. I'm quick and I don't want to just send another email when I know it could just get washed away in the chain of millions of emails people get, but you're able to get that person on the phone and build a relationship with them from the get go. I know a lot of people are like, wow, Greg, you take that time to like, that's a lot of time. You know what? It, it's, it is a lot of time or it is a lot of follow up, but it, it's helped me tremendous, like tremendously. You know, a lot of other vendors, a lot of other mobile bars may not be doing these things. You know, they may just shoot off a quick quote via email and it's a wrap. Like if you want to book with us, you book with us, you know, but really the kind of hands-on approach, it, it's helped me a ton. When I get them on the phone, we go over everything. If they're requesting something in particular, literally the next thing I do after I get off the phone is go into my email and shoot them an email. That's like, hey, uh, thank you for the, your time today going over our, our mobile bar service. Um, as you know, as you mentioned, you know, you're having 150 people, you want three cocktails, three draft beers, and you want our biodegradable cups. How does this price look? You know, I'm more, more than willing to work on a few things. Please get back to me with if this works for you. They'll respond or whatnot. If they don't respond, I'll usually go straight back to the text message. And some people might think it's kind of aggressive, but I think it's more personable to a degree. You're showing that you're interested, like, hey, you know, just following up on the email. Did you get it? Is there anything that we can change? Is there anything that doesn't look right? I'm really hands-on. I've got everyone's numbers saved in my phone and it has helped me a ton. So that's kind of my tips and tricks. Just being quick, being efficient and being very detailed shows that you're someone who can be trusted. You're someone who is going to answer that phone call uh, two weeks before their wedding, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's part of a little snippet of basically my approach on selling the service. I think if, like I said, if you do all those things, you know, it, it shows that you are eager to build a good relationship with them and, you know, basically do what's right, you know, for their event, if that makes sense. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, there's some really great suggestions in there that people might not have otherwise thought about, specifically around following up immediately with a text and then following up after you've sent the quote, if if they go dark with another text. Mm -hmm. And you're right, like some people may find that to be aggressive, but those people aren't your people, right? Your your voice, as we talked about in the last uh, episode, is about authentic voice and your voice People that appreciate that, that's going to resonate with, those are going to be your clients because you're right. You aren't, not everyone is going to do that. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're doing Absolutely. something just slightly different, if it's off-putting for somebody, they'll just pick, a, they'll pick another mobile bar company, right? And okay, because that they resonated better with mm-hmm. another style. That's okay. You are doing your style, what works yeah. for you. And that means that the people who appreciate right. and that yeah, it's up, it's so easy. Appreciate you know, I kind touch, of like I text, said, I've got like they're uh, immediately weird, gonna be impressed. You know, I have like a a day one, a day five, and day ten procedure, right? So like day one, we're talking to the customer, we're going over all the details. Day five, you know, you've already sent your emails, you're kind of checking in, like, hey, did you get to review everything? And then day 10, after you give them a little bit of time, um, if they're interested by day 10, they have a decision. Like they're either booking or they're not. I'm personally someone who likes to know that if someone is interested, they're on my interested list. And if they are, and if I'm not sure where they stand, I want to know where they stand. And I want them to be, you know, comfortable saying, hey, Greg, you know what? I'm not interested as of right now. Then I, you know, um, we'll tell them like, hey, no worries. Well, I, I'll, I'll stop reaching out to you. Um, I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm texting you and communicating with you because I don't want you to think that I forgot about you um, type deal. So that's kind of my process. Emails day one, you talk to them on day one. Day five, you kind of figure out where they stand. Hopefully, you know, you can either send them a text or um, an email personally for me. If I see an email in my contact and the person's in the customer's phone number, I'm just going to go straight to the phone number. Um, People don't chat like I, I don't. I don't know what the statistics are of checking email um, or knowing what percentage of them go to spam or whatnot. But, um, you know, anyone who's had like great leads, I've had a ton of great leads through email and they're like so responsive. And then like you send that last email and you're like, did they get it? I don't know. So um, on day 10, I want to know where they stand. That way, you know, I can one, stop being kind of a nuisance and two, I can know that I can focus on my other leads that I've got generated because like I said, I mean, I'm really, that is one of the biggest things that I focus on is my leads and knowing in like what category they fit in. Are these the people who are now rescheduling for 2021 who aren't sure on their date yet? I'll send out emails to them like, hey, I know you're thinking June 21. Here's my dates. Do you mind if I keep you up to date and just let you know what dates are available? If it's someone who's rescheduling, um, I put all those people in one kind of email chain Um, And that way I can just send them updates like, hey, I know you were thinking about June 2021. Do you mind if I send you dates that are that we still have available as, you know, everything changes with time? So I like to know you never just want to shoot out like, hey, you know, I sent out my emails today. Good to go. And it was just one big chain email. Um, I try to, you know, if I have an email blast, this is for the people who are rescheduling. These are the you know, these are my new leads. So I'm pretty organized with the lead aspect. And I think that's the most important thing. You want to be responsive, especially being a new business. You want to be responsive on even like social media and messaging and on Facebook. Like I pride myself in making sure my response time is less than 10 minutes. Like I don't care if I'm at the bar, if I'm sitting by a bonfire, it's so easy, you know, to just 
respond real quick or give them a response that's like, hey, you know, unfortunately, I can't get back to you right now. Can we chat on Tuesday or let me know your availability? Let's schedule a call. You know, even just replying versus like getting back into the routine on Monday, people shop. And when people are shopping, if they're any like anyone similar to me, if I want something, I'm going to talk to the first person who can, you know, I'm going to book with the first person who's gonna, who I can talk to and, you know, who I can trust. Right. So. On that note, one thing I've actually had people call me because my phone number is on my website. It's also in my Instagram. It's pretty much everywhere. And tell me you were the first yeah, and only it's, place it's I could get a hold of on the phone. And I can't tell you how much I Yeah, and I, I let people know I'm like, hey, call me, text me. If like, you don't have your phone, however I can get your you website, to communicate with me there. is however I want to communicate. Like I have one bride and groom who swears by just Facebook Messenger. She loves it. And that's what we do. Like I know Jessica, we're Facebooking. You know what I mean? Um, I have some people who event planners. I'm only through email. Um, I've got some people who are like, hey, text me. I don't need your email letting me know you received my deposit. Just text me. And be upfront. Like when you're talking to these customers, it's all about you want to cater to them, right? So it's not wrong to ask like, hey, you know, moving forward, saying you did book them. How do you want to communicate? My goal is to check in with you once a month. I know your wedding is 16 months away, but I'm going to check in with you if you're inspired by cocktails, anything you're inspired by. I want you to know that you can send me those options or those those things that you're interested in. And I want you to know that I'm going to reply to you quickly. And, you know, what what platform works best for you? Texting is easiest for me just because obviously everyone has their phone on them. But um, get to know, really get to know your customer. That's That's huge. You know, I feel kind of, like I'm letting business walk away when I'm just sending out replying by email, you know, and I'm not actually actually talking to them. I feel like when I have a customer on the phone, I'm able to, you know, really get to know them. What do you like? And it's not only just like business selling your bar, it's selling your personality. You might be the one behind it. You know what I mean? So really just building, building a relationship from the second that they send in an inquiry, I think is huge. Yeah, I love that. And it really couples some old school techniques with the newer techniques, right? My process is very similar to your process in that uh, I don't necessarily text people. That's actually not something that I do. At any given time, I might have you know 40 to 90 leads in my pipeline. And so I have it automated uh, that they can schedule a call with me. They can text me if they want. I don't reach out and text them usually, but it there's an automated process there where I'll follow up a couple of days later with an any questions email. Then I'll follow up a couple of days later with a, do, do you need more time email? And then a couple of days later, I have a wishing you well email. And I'll tell you that one gets people's attention because they're like, wait, what? Wishing me well, what's going on? And that's just We're the here for you. to say, yeah. like, I haven't heard back from you, but I just want to let you right. know. And I think, you know, that's a good approach. You actually need you know, a lot of, they'll be back, right? You know, a lot of times people get the, again. yeah, exactly. You know, maybe the feeling that like they need my business, especially now, you know what I mean? Like maybe there's, maybe this vendor's desperate, like, or, you know, and I think that email really kind of just lets them know, like, hey, you know, if you're interested in our service, we're here, but we're not, you know, we're not waiting for you, you know. And I think that's that's huge. Yeah, I mean, just following up, you know, staying staying present is big for these people. Um, even if, like, I've had a couple client, you know, potential customers who, you know, literally, I can remember the last date I sent them an email, and I'm like, geez, has anything changed? They're 
we're having an outdoor wedding. Now they're doing an indoor wedding. I sent him our indoor mobile bar packaging, you know, and it's been going on for like two months, but it's like, I'm following up because I know when I personally met them at the bridal show that they were like head over heels for us, you know, um, will I only probably make a few hundred bucks off this? Yes. But like the venue location is just perfect. They had a great personality. They're very laid back. So kind of just, you know, it does take time and it's like another thing you have to send on a Tuesday, but you're being present and you're reminding them that like, Hey, this vendor's, they want, you know, us, you know, or they want to be a part of our wedding. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes I even emphasize that, like a lot of times when I'm talking with customers, um, I talk as if like, we're already hired to a degree. Um, like, oh, when we're at your, uh, you know, when we're at your event, we're going to do this or, you know, kind of just stilling it inside of them. Like, Hey, you know, oh my gosh, like maybe I should hire them because they're already telling us what they can do for our event, you know? So you'll really figure out what works. Like what works for me may not work for, for everyone else, especially like at your volume where you have a ton of, I mean, how many events do you usually have? I mean, yeah, so that's crazy. So, I could imagine doing what I'm uh, doing with your business being extremely, being a full-time job, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah. So, um, and that's a big thing. Like you have to adapt and do what's right. You know what I mean? Maybe We've setting a goal, like, a hey, lot. if I get 20 inquiries <laughs> this week, I'm going to reach out to five over the phone and I'm going to do, you know, just to see if it's going to give you different results. I'm a big results person. Like, Hey, I'm going to try this. Okay. That didn't work. Good thing. I tried it. Cause now I'm going to, yeah, I'm not going to think about if I did that anymore. <laughs> and while you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so I probably have, I don't know, 40 inquiries right now. I went through and purged a lot of them. There could be, you know, I've got an autoresponder, obviously, which is like, here's my phone number. You can text me. You can schedule a call. You know, these are some things about Bar Magnolia you should know. We're awesome. And then there's the any questions email. If they don't respond to that one, I could text them. I could just add, you know, another step in there and just text them. And then if that works and they start engaging with me, then I can just turn off the workflow. Right. If they don't, if they ignore my text, then the workflow will keep going. It'll kick them off an email and ask them if they need more time and, you know, another few days. Mm -hmm. So there could definitely be a combination. And I think I love the fact that you're like you're trying new things all the time. Yes, Mm -hmm. you have to be trying new things all the time because you need to meet your client where they're at. And if you're new and you don't know where they're at yet, just throw things on the wall, right? I mean, I tried not having my phone number on the website and that didn't work out well. So I put my phone number on the website. That worked mm-hmm. out well. Okay, I'm going to keep that. I've tried proposals. Oh, no one's biting on that one. Change the proposal. Okay, people like this one a little bit better, right? I tried pricing. I've tried, I have changed my pricing up until this year, which now I know like my, my pricing is solid for my market. I mm-hmm. probably changed it. I'd have four proposals to do and I would, change my pricing yeah, with each one. That's the same thing for signed. me. I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, do I, well, how do people I want to see this information? Packages, really? How do they digest I have a package best? based off of 150 people. And then I have like a smaller event that basically I've got everything calculated. So I know like, hey, if they're having 180 people, this is the price or so on and so forth. But I give them just like two general ideas. Like, hey, are you having a lot of people or are you not having a lot of people? You know, um, but I've done the same thing. I've, I've like, hey, I just sent out this email to... 1800 people, 
I had an 8% click rate and 230 people going to my website today. And why am I only getting four inquiries? Like what is, so let me tweak this, but I've, I've done what you did. Like, is it, do people want to see pricing? Do they not? You know, and I've switched from, you know, having everything worded out to let me now do a drop down menu where they can just click over what they want to know about. It's all trial and error. Um, I'll ask people all the time, like, hey, check out my website. You know, is it easy to navigate? Is it like, is it confusing? If you were someone who had no idea, like, you know, going to our website, would you have a good grasp of what we do and what we offer? But yeah, no, I mean, it's you got to continue trying. I mean, you that's the nature of the beast. You got to keep evolving <laughs> for sure. Definitely. And you also mentioned something at the very beginning and I wrote it down um, because it was one of those yep. things where I'm like, we can't forget to address this. You mentioned going to a bridal show is one of the first things you did. And I also did a soft launch at a bridal show with nothing but a picture of what my camper bar was going to look like and an indoor bar that we whipped up. My husband and my father whipped it up in like six hours, two days before the actual bridal show. And it was an amazing experience, not because, not just because I ended up with a thousand brides to email, which by the way, I only booked one bride, but it happened to be a very lucrative wedding. So it did end up working out, but it could be, bridal shows can be very discouraging because you get all of these emails and very few of them may be the type of bride that is willing to invest in a beverage experience. Right? Yeah. But what it was amazing yeah. for is you had to do your sales pitch over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> And you got to ask, they got to ask questions and you're like, oh, okay, so these are the kind of things that people want to know. So these are the things that I need to make sure I include in my pitch. And they're also the things I need to make sure are on my website. And they're also the things that, right, these are the, the questions that are really important. And so I launched in January of 2017 and soft launch. And the questions that I got uh, were very, were much like this. What's a mobile bar? Right. So like here I was thinking yeah. I was going to start with exactly. like, you know, why do I want you at my wedding? No, I had to explain what it was I was even doing. Right. And so that changes and alters the way that you talk about it. Right. So I just caught myself yesterday. I had a, a, a call with a bride, her event planner and her mother. And I realized I've done so many of these sales calls mm -hmm. that I don't even really think about what I'm saying. They oftentimes will ask me like, so what, what, how does this work? Like, that's my, I think most common question is like, how does this work? And so I take that as an opportunity to kind of start from the beginning a little bit. I'm like, well, Bar Magnolia is a full service beverage caterer, much like a caterer who handles food. Like we handle all the beverages. We can handle as much or as little of the beverages at your event that you'd like. Most commonly we're hired to do cocktails, bring special bars on site. And you just kind of learn to develop this language that one checks off all the questions that people have, but also yeah, and I think that's a big thing. And as, that's oh part gosh, of this sounds amazing. I, the reason I why I kind of like to talk to you know the customer and or you know whoever put in the inquiry in general, um, I've had upset customers like email me back like this. We talked on the phone and this doesn't include or this doesn't include the alcohol or you know what I mean. So. Um, as you know, I continue to hone in my, uh, my sales approach or my spiel, 
I'm making sure that I'm going over those things in full detail. And I think it's easier to do so over the phone. In an email, you know, it's hard to paint a picture perfectly. Like I can tell you, I've read over like 20 templates like that I would send out to a new customer who sent in an inquiry. And I'm like, that just doesn't like, it's a lot. Or like, how can I make this easier? It just, I'm missing something. I know I am. So by going, you know, talking to them on the phone, you're able to have that conversation like, hey, alcohol is not included in the state of Ohio, you know, and you're able to go over everything in full detail. And that's basically what I do, too. I think it's just a lot of people are like, so do I need to buy my own alcohol? Like, what do I if you offer go go over everything, even those add ons that you can sell for extra like, hey, and we can even pick up your alcohol for you know, this price, I know it's not something that every bride and groom wants to deal with, we can make it, you know, the goal is to make this the easiest and most awesome experience for you possible. I think, like you said, yeah, you know, having these conversations with him is, is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Bridal uh-huh. shows are the best because it's like trial by fire. People are asking all sorts of questions. And, and I remember I was just literally writing down the questions mm-hmm. that people were asking me because I was like, I don't have a great response <laughs> for that yet. So like I can tell you, but yeah. especially when you're starting out, sometimes you don't even know what they're going to yeah. ask. So you're like, you know, you've got a rig, you know, that there will be bartenders involved and you know, that you're going to serve drinks. Right. But they may ask a question like, well, what kind of, like, what are the energy requirements of your rig? Uh, my rig wasn't even built yet. So I was like, you know, I don't actually know that off the top of my head. So I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Can I get your email address? You know, (laughs) there are so many great questions that I just didn't know. But the fact that I was engaging with a thousand people on that day really was like this, you couldn't pay market for market research like this. That's how good bridal shows were especially in the very beginning so even if you I mean, don't book I think, a, uh, um, any brides from a bridal show honestly it was going is so the best, because you're going to get so much info exposure that the best investment that I I could have made you know in in since since we started my business partner was like Greg three grand to have people just walk up to yeah. us and you know, look at the trailer and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm the type of person who's like, I don't want to know what it would be like if I didn't go or if I didn't do that or so I'll do it. I'll take these chances and I'm like, let's do it. I will be fine knowing that we didn't book a single wedding after going to that bridal show just for the peace of mind, knowing that I went, you know? Um, But I think the bridal show in general, um, depending on the bridal show, we did this huge one. Like I said, I mean, it was a big investment. There was 2,800 bride and grooms who walked through the doors. Um, It was a two day event. It was super stressful. It was nine hours a day. You know, it wasn't glamorous. It was a ton of work, but we set up our trailer basically the way that we would set it up at, you know, at an event. We had all the aesthetics, like all the, fine details, you know, ironed out after the, after the bridal show, I basically sent them a picture of our rig at the show with us in front of it all like funny, you know, like, Hey, we made it, you know, cause it's exhausting for them too. like talking to a million vendors who are trying to sell them like another hour of, or what, you know, what have it, but it was a big success. Like people were like, Oh my gosh, I remember you guys. And I think like just having, totally the that amount of people get your contacts or get your emails during that first week is huge it's a good time i that's when i did all of my facebook marketing paid posts and everything like that 
just because I'm like, while we have um, our name being blown out on social media right now, you know, people are visiting our page. Now is the time to just put everything into the pot and just see what happens. So we personally, we could have probably, I mean, it's also like during the pandemic or right before the right before the pandemic. So I'm like, what could we have booked? Um, but we pulled out 14 events, you know, our, our, our first year out of it, not including, you know, some of the stuff we've got a few gigs off small backyard barbecue type deals um, off of like Facebook and stuff like that. But I think just taking chances is like the biggest thing I could tell anyone in, I mean, in this business, break the norm, do something different. You know, I like I was telling my business farmer partner, I'm like, ah, I joined every wedding Facebook group in Northeast Ohio. People are selling wedding dresses and bows and, you know, but I'm like, hey, I'm here. You know, I even if someone just sees our name, that's perfect. So, yeah, anyone who's not sure about, you know, that first step, I think that is one of the best options. Like, I don't personally know how we would have booked the amount of weddings that we did without without going to a show even if there's competition you know it's it's still you got to find your niche like what how am i different than this vendor nashville now has like a dozen bars and um there were two at uh, the last one that i did i think it was the pink bride and it was lovely getting to know them I had never actually met them in person. Um, we ended up seeing them at SWIG, which was the mobile bar conference that we had a couple months later. Absolutely. But, I mean, and I think a big thing too is like, if you can get in the vendors, you know, with like a venue out on half the or something like that, we're actually networking with a vendor who's like, we've had horrible experiences before. And it's like a barn venue where we're literally just bringing our trailer there for the cocktail hour. And then we're going to bartend on the inside. And I'm like, I'll do it. It's fine because they're, you know, booking us weddings for 2021 and I'm not spending a dime on marketing. They're just like anyone who books with us is required to book with you or Susie Kim. So that's their options. I'll let them figure it out. I'm like, you just let, you know, you just let me know. I'm going to make sure your place is mopped and just perfect, you know, when I leave. But really just network even for us. Like if I can't book your wedding because I'm booked, I'm going to definitely shoot the happy camper an email or a text like, hey, if you're open, this is what they want. Can you or can you not do this? I'll send them all the information. One, the customer loves it. Um, and two, if you can help out another, you know, another vendor. There's a couple weddings that I've put in offers on where I'm just like, I want you to know that I would be happy to be there, but you need another one of us. <laughs> um, if you are interested in another service, let me know because I have friends out here who can... Um, you know, help us out on your wedding day. Like I want it to be as perfect as possible. And I also don't want to sell you short by trying to say that I can take on this 350 person wedding with one rig and a satellite bar. Like it's just not going to happen, you know? So definitely building those connections with just everyone, everyone in general, even photographers, as silly as it sounds like they want the publicity of taking your photos and having them on your website and vice versa. So yeah, network, that's a huge one. Networking with every single person. Yeah, the other recommendation that I have when it comes to working on your sales pitch, but also networking, is it's great to ask brides or to be around brides and have them ask you questions, but it's almost just as impactful, if not more impactful, to 
network with other event professionals. So the very first meeting I had was actually with the, an event planner and it was an informational interview. It was, this is my idea. My only experience with mobile bars at that time was as a guest, right? Um, you go to weddings, you go to networking events, uh, you go to those things you have to do for work and there's like a bar there, right? And it's always a really sad experience. And so I had had that experience, but I wanted to know what their pain points were working with mobile bars. So I met with one of the largest planners here in Nashville and I asked a bunch of questions. You know, you guys use mobile bars in the area. Like, what do you love about working with them? And what what is frustrating about working with them, right? I didn't want them to just think I would like, wanted them to talk bad about them. I didn't. I actually want to know what are some of the things that you like best about working with mobile bars so that I could do those things? And, and what are the things that frustrate you about having to engage with mobile bars? And they were, they were so excited to tell me because <laughs> right. these are the things that they're like, man, if I had a mobile bar on my list that would just do this, it would like be so much easier on me. And that was gold. That was, that was gold. And so like all of that information went into, you know, what services am I going to spend time offering? And, you know, if you look on, on Bar Magnolia's website, I specifically include venues, event planners, and hosts when I, in my mission statement, which is to make great event bars Mm -hmm. easy for hosts, venues, and event planners, because the people that are going to recommend you the most are going to be your venue because they want you to take care of their space. And so if they know someone like you mentioned, if they know one of these companies is going to take really good care of their property, those are the people they're going to recommend. And then event planners, because event planners want someone who's going to show up and make them look good, but are also super easy to work with. And, you know, they can build relationships with. So if you can get venues and event planners to yeah, tell and that's, you that's big too. I mean, I've had, um, I had a wedding, mobile book, bars. believe it or not, it's like had everything kind of ironed there. out. And then they, gets to the point of where I'm getting in contact with the venue and they're like, um, what are you? Or I was calling because I'm like, what are your, I, I'm looking at your website and I'm pretty sure everything's going to iron out here. We can definitely fit our mobile bar in, but I just want to know, like, I just want to be sure because I'm always paranoid. They're like, hold on what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like it looks like our trailer will fit in perfect. They're like, uh, no, you're not allowed here. Um, I'll let that bride and groom know that you are not going to be serving at their wedding. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, they're like, we had a horrible experience with a mobile bar like before, and they are not welcome inside of our building anymore. You know, so that was a fun conversation, you know, with the customer. But um, yeah, definitely avoiding, you know, being that um, being that vendor. Definitely building relationships, being the vendor who you know takes care of the place takes i know for us i'm like we are gonna like guys we're not walking out of here until literally i don't i know we weren't over there but there's a wrapper and it needs to be like we cannot lose like for us the venue that we're working with is 10 miles up the road and it's like every element of it is just like perfect for us we're tied in we have a great relationship um, and I'm like we cannot we cannot lose this so if we stay an extra hour whatever we got to do like let's shine this place one of the biggest compliments for me is when i come on (laughs) site and the venue manager is like oh it's you guys oh i'm i'm so relieved like (laughs) right like they're like i i'm fine now knowing that it's you guys and i'm gonna just go drink in the back you know (laughs) What else 
that we haven't covered yet, do you think it'd be important to share with our listeners if they're new or maybe they maybe they aren't new, but sales is not super strong for them. It's not really a comfortable area for them. We kind of touched on just being, being prompt as soon as they put you know, in the inquiry, kind of touching on it right for, away, for people kind of knowing, setting pitch. your own kind of process for how you want to follow up with these clients or potential customers. Um, I think too, a lot of times like, I don't think it's wrong to ask, what is your budget? Like, first off, you want to know, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting their time and no one's really wasting our time. Like we have a lead in front of us, right. Or on the other side of the phone, but like being honest and being upfront, I think is, is just huge. Like I have no problem telling a customer like, Hey, just alone. Like if you want kind of an understanding on our pricing, I have, I'm more than happy to break that down for you. Like just alone in cups, we're looking at 250 bucks. They're biodegradable, you know, um, you know, our service is not cheap, but you, you won't regret hiring us due to the quality of our drinks and the quality of our service and, you know, the product that we're serving everything in. I want to actually touch on what you're saying there, because I think it's a super, super important part of being a mobile bar that is different than being a bartender at events. And the, that is that we come with a different experience. And if you are not, and I actually saw someone in the Facebook group um, not too long ago ask, I'm having a hard time communicating how we're different than the, the bartenders the caterer has. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's step back here. Like, if you can't formulate words around that, then you haven't actually put together a sales pitch because how we're different is super important. And you touch on something that's really important because even biodegradable cups is experiential. It is different than what most people are offering. But also you've got a rig. I mean, not everyone, but for example, for me, I have a warehouse, I have overhead, I have utilities, I have ice machine that, you know, I've, I'm paying for buying space at the commissary. Like these are things, these are overhead that most people that are just <laughs> right. bartenders that are showing up on site with a six foot table and a tablecloth, which by the way, like I can do that too, but mobile bars have so much more overhead and we're so much more focused on the experience that the guest is having, that we're not apples to apples. And so if your sales pitch is not making that clear to people, then what they're going to do is they're going to go and get that, oh, $200 for four hours of service from the bartender. And you're what? And that's you're the thing, you know, I had a, um, the same thing? an it's inquiry like I, I put in mind, you know, I was, more. of course, talking to the customer and they're like, hey, we booked with another vendor. It was so much cheaper. So as I got into like, I was slightly like, how? Because I priced it to the point of like, okay, we're profitable. And we're going to be it's going to be worth it for us to do this. But anymore is like, we can't do it. I quoted him, for instance, like $1,300. And they booked for 700 with another vendor. And I'm like, listen, you're more than welcome to I mean, gosh, like, like, I'm big on ideal. But like, I, everyone loves a good deal. But like, you know, I want you to be so like, then I turned the switch. And I was they like, I want you to be not. like, I respect that you're not booking with me. That's totally fine. But I want to make you knowledgeable on what what to expect and what you need out of this bar service. Like, 
there's no way that they have general and liquor liability insurance. There's no way like that runs me just alone between insurance and all that. That's like 250, almost 300 bucks a month. They can't be doing that, <laughs> you know? Um, well, right, right. They can be, but they may not be making money, right? And so that's the other thing we need to remember when we're looking at, you know, quote unquote competitors or the other people that are in the market is sure. that their pricing may be competitive, but they may not be making money. And that we're not in the hobby business. This is business business. And so <laughs> I remember after my very first year, I actually did the math on what I was charging per guest. And I was like, what, what am I doing? I'm literally coming to on site with my beautiful yep. rig, my managerial level bartenders. I'm providing all the non-alcoholic beverages, the mm -hmm. napkins, the cups, the coolers, the ice. I'm providing all of that for $5 a guest. That is a steal. You can't buy a cocktail in a restaurant for that. And I just pumped out 3,000 of them. You know what I mean? And so we've all kind of been there where we yeah. kind of are like, whatever gets the sale. But turns out you're actually paying <laughs> them to be at their wedding. So like that's part of my I'm on I'm on my like my soapbox because I don't want everyone else to be making the mistakes that I made in year one, which was that I didn't actually yeah. break a profit until year two. And that's because I wasn't the I wasn't nobody was preaching Definitely. at me the way I'm preaching at you guys. Yeah, and do I do mean, not drop too, your prices and I think, like, without doing so the math. Of you what can it always costs have a general idea. Like you can't guess providing. how many cups you're gonna go through. Saying you calculate like you are pretty set on like your expenses, you know, for this single event, which is four hours, you got your rig, you got your bartenders, like you're pretty set on, okay, like it's going to cost me $700 to just between bartenders, supplies, ice and everything to be here. I would honestly, I always add like another 200 bucks just for like whatever possibly could go wrong or damn, like... <laughs> yeah you're kind my personal rule i take the retail rule i mm -hmm. want 50 percent profit off of every yeah. event why why do i want 50 percent? because we have two seasons here that's six months worth of work what am i going to do for the other six months you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be, you know, going to find another job in the off season. Yep. I want my business to be profitable and pay for all the things, including rent, utilities all year round. And so my personal goal is 50% profit, unless it's just renting a bartender, then I, then I can't because I want to pay my bartender the most. But the margins are there on equipment rental, the margins are there on services. And so... If you can get 50% profit margin, you will build a business that will support you and that will pay the bills and will yep. leave a little bit of something left to reinvest in the business, right? Because you also want to yeah. grow, you want to <laughs> right. scale, you want to build yeah. another rig, you want to hire on someone someday. So yeah, I you're think not it's, the one that's and, at and all these the events, The biggest thing right? is, is like when you first start off, can't like if you're just taking you are, like 200, lead 200 bucks in profit. A good you know? lead. And that's, I think, something that people need to... Um, it took me a while to understand that, you know, you'll have a conversation with a customer over the phone and you'll just know, like, just something doesn't seem right. And I think that's like, you need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with, I think, the customer and just, you know, be upfront and be like, hey, something like, don't obviously say something isn't right. But 
we are going to be, not only are we going to be at your wedding, but we are going to be, we're going to be in contact pretty frequently and we're going to have a great relationship leading up to your wedding. And like, if you feel like that relationship is going to be hard to have, or just, it seems like too much stress, like it's just not worth it. And that goes for the same for like working for someone who's like, literally I had a customer not book with us because of, I, I didn't send her um, the alcohol pricing that I sent her was too much. Like, listen, like, I don't want that headache. Like I'm not going to shop around or try to find like, okay, Heineken over, um, <laughs> you know, over Mickey's or whatever. Like I, it's, I'm not, yeah. So it's just not worth it. And I think like, honestly, if you kind of tying this back Especially to like, your pitch, you're not making like, any money off being, that. if you look at your business and don't know how to have a conversation with a customer to sell it, like you got to like, what made you start the business, right? Like what you've got to be passionate about it to invest this money into like a mobile bar and all this stuff. Right. So like, think about it, like find those things that, you know, you think like, Hey man, I'm, this is different or find something that's different. Like rather, like you said before that was like, Hey, offer yard games. Don't cut it off of your, over, you know, your overhead still book these clients by offering things that don't cost you anything. Right. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. And if a client isn't right, it's just not right. And good leads, you'll know when you have a good lead. I, I think some of the best customers I've booked were the customers that, you know, budge with me one, like didn't even ask the question. They're just like, oh, this is your price. You know, if they want you, they want you. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's two types, right? There's people who are looking for bartenders because that's something that they are required right. to have to be at their venue. They know they need it for their, their wedding, right? They're, they're looking for bartenders. And then there's people who are looking for the experience. And there are some people that are kind of in the middle where they're like, I need bartenders, but I'd be nice if it was an experience. And that's the one that's right there where it's kind of like, I'm going to have to sell you on the, on the experience yeah. because they're not quite sold in the experience, but they know they need bartenders and they can get bartenders anywhere. Literally anybody can give you a bartender, right? You're providing the experience. Right. So every once in a while, you're gonna get that client that's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that there are bartenders involved, but I want the experience. I want the rig. I don't wanna have to bring ice. I don't wanna have to think about it. You're gonna do all of that for me. So sign me up. And then mm -hmm. there's that middle, that middle group where they're like, I really just need bartenders, but man, wouldn't that thing look really pretty in my pictures? And that's who the sales pitch is for. It's for those people in the middle that they're yeah. like clinging to their dollar yeah. and they're like, well, it could either go to you or it could go towards that champagne wall rental thing that I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm and not I think sure that's which the one thing. I want. Like, and that's I mean, when I'm on the phone, you're like, making sure with a customer, they know I'm why that belongs I'm in like, you know, I like my margaritas. I don't know if you do, you know, like just have fun. Like, you're, you know, let them know that like, even over the phone on the first call, like, this is going to be fun. And I'm just like talking to them over the phone. And we're talking about, you know, we, ha we haven't even booked with these people yet. And they're just having a good time, like have fun, be yourself. Like if you're that fun person off the phone with a customer, be that fun person on the phone with them, relate to them, like, let them know you're human. You're not just like, we're not in corporate world. Like it it's yes, it's a business. This is our livelihood. But I think it's most important. Like people want to see your true character and want you to be you. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. You reminded me of something else that I love to 
to tell people. And that is whether it's your sales pitch or whether it's just something that you start doing as you talk about your business, you need to plant the seed. And that seed is what you want people to experience, even if you haven't given it to them yet. So when I do my, my cocktail tastings with clients, they've already signed and they've paid and I've got their money, right? But I want it to be the best part of their entire planning experience. So you know what I do? I tell them this is going to be the best part of your wedding planning experience. Because even if it's not like the cake and that, and I'll even say, I'm like, my goal is to make this the best part of your <laughs> yeah. uh, wedding planning experience. Yeah. I said, sometimes we have to arm wrestle the, the cake tasting, but I have a feeling that we're going to win, right? <laughs> You've planted the seed on what you want them to experience with you. And whether or not your, your cocktail tasting is mind blowing, they're going to remember that. And they're going to say, Oh, the best part about my wedding planning was the cocktail tasting, right? And so when you're on the phone with them, having fun or whatever, you can even say, like, we aim to be the most fun vendor at your wedding, right? Even if you're not the most fun vendor, they're going to be like, you know who the most fun vendor was? It was the Thirsty Philly. They really pulled through. They were so fun because you planted the seed. And that's a sales technique that is super, super easy to to integrate into any sales pitch. But it's not untrue, right? It's not untrue. It's just giving them something that you want to stand out about your their experience with you. Whether you're fun for Bar Magnolia, we always tell people we yeah. want to we yeah. want I'm, Bar Magnolia to be the easiest vendor that you. Yeah, have and that's the HS. thing. Like there is, and, I hear and so people many want easy when they're planning like, a wedding. I and I was just on a Facebook, like, one of the Facebook groups hard. that I'm a part of. One of the many, someone's like, "Hey, like, don't book this vendor. They don't reply." Or like, "There's a ton of vendors out there." How many fly-by-night photographers are there, videographers who take your deposit, like shoot you a message here and there, keep you in the loop, and they're, they've, they're, they're gone, you know? Or how many vin- vendors are there out there who are just booking writing grooms because it's a name, and they know that, you know, our customers are going to book with us because we are, you know, this big name, and they don't need to invest in, you know, engaging, checking in with the customer, like little things especially starting off, like it is imperative. Like I've had people who are like, Hey, Greg, like I need to cancel or, you know, due to the COVID-19 and I'm like, listen, you know, in our first year and a half of business, like I'm not going to personally be the vendor who doesn't return your deposit. I want, I'm going to return your deposit and I'm going to do it tomorrow. Actually, it's going to be in the mail. I'm going to literally have that thing in the mail. You're going to have it by Tuesday. All I ask is that you keep us in mind in the future and you know, like built, like it sucked. It broke my, like, I was so, I'm like, damn, all that time, all those emails, all those things I did, they're gone. But you know what? They're gonna customers who your great leads who have trust and you know, who you have already built a relationship with will be back. It may not be in a year. It may be in two years, but they are going to book you and they're going to tell you and all of their friends, you know, that listen, you know what? I booked with a venue. They didn't give me my deposit back. I booked with a venue or, you know, a mobile bar who had a $500 deposit. They gave me it back like and they're a small business. You know what I mean? So just I would say pride yourself in whatever you do. Right. And just stay consistent. Everything focus, everything like for me, I focus everything on the relationship with the customer. Like I am going to make sure you're happy and I am going to bother you by just saying like, Hey, happy Sunday. Enjoy the weather. Literally it took me one minute and they're like, damn, that was pretty cool. Like, 
this, you know, he's got, and I make it seem like I'm so busy. Like, Hey, I've been busy. I know it's been a month. I just want to check in and say, Hey, is there anything I need to know about your wedding? Literally a text. And it's like, good to go. Like, you know, people are, that's something common for me. A lot of people are like, you check in, like you're so on top of it. And I'm like, I'm really like a train wreck right now. You should see like, you know, but, um, as long as you make those attempts, like be honest with people like, Hey, I know, I didn't get to your inquiry yesterday, but um, I want to schedule time to chat or so on and so forth. But yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, Gregory, this has been amazing. I have loved talking to you about sales pitches and hearing more about your flow, not even just your pitch, but like what happens after people engage with you and how they fun. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. These funnel. are, you know, um, a lot of the things that I, think, I kind of went over are things people that are going to just learn a lot, figure so, out with time. Uh, thank you and so much. You kind of learn these things after you make changes, you know, or take those risks to like, Hey, I'm totally going to go outside the box. I'm going to try this. So yeah, I would encourage people if you think it, it might work, try it. If it doesn't work, then go to the next, uh, go to the next route. But I had a pleasure. It's been awesome talking to you, Sarah. And yeah, we sure will. That's right. <laughs> and that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was you valuable. Too. Thank I you. Well, we'll see you from you. You're on the Facebook group. You can drop so. me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com. <laughs> have a great rest of your day. me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community, also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. Thank you for joining me today, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>